This is section eight of Mark Twain, a biography. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain, a biography by Albert Bigelow Payne. Volume one, part one, eighteen thirty five to eighteen sixty six. Chapter eight The Farm. Read by John Greenman. We have already mentioned the delight of the Clemens children in Uncle John Quarles Farm. To little Sam it was probably a life-saver. With his small cousin Tabitha, Tabitha Quarles, now Mrs. Greening of Palmyra, Missouri, has supplied most of the material for this chapter, just his own age, they called her Puss, he wandered over that magic domain, fording new marvels at every step, new delights everywhere. A slave-girl, Mary, usually attended them, but she was only six years older, and not older at all in reality, so she was just a playmate, and not a guardian to be feared or evaded. Sometimes, indeed, it was necessary for her to threaten to tell Miss Patsy or Miss Jane when her little charges insisted on going farther or staying later than she thought wise from the viewpoint of her own personal safety. But this was seldom and on the whole a stay at the farm was just one long idyllic dream of summer-time and freedom. The farmhouse stood in the middle of a large yard entered by a stile made of sawed-off logs of graduated heights. In the corner of the yard were hickory-trees and black walnut, and beyond the fence the hill fell away past the barns, the corn-cribs, and the tobacco-house to a brook a divine place to wade with deep dark forbidden pools down in the pasture there were swings under the big trees and mary swung the children and ran under them until their feet touched the branches and then took her turn and balanced herself so high that their one wish was to be as old as mary and swing in that splendid way all the woods were full of squirrels gray squirrels and red fox species, and many birds and flowers. All the meadows were gay with clover and butterflies, and musical with singing grasshoppers and calling larks. There were blackberries in the fence rows, apples and peaches in the orchard, and watermelons in the corn. They were not always ripe, those watermelons, and once, when little Sam had eaten several pieces of a green one, he was seized with cramps so severe that most of the household expected him to die forthwith. Jane Clemens was not heavily concerned. "'Sammy will pull through,' she said. "'He wasn't born to die that way.' It is the slender constitution that bears the strain. Sammy did pull through, and in a brief time was ready for fresh adventure. There were plenty of these. There were the horses to ride to and from the fields, the ox-wagons to ride in when they had dumped their heavy loads, the circular horsepower to ride on when they threshed the wheat. This last was a dangerous and forbidden pleasure, but the children would dart between the teams and climb on, and the slave who was driving would pretend not to see. Then in the evening, when the black woman came along, going after the cows, the children would race ahead and set the cows running and jingling their bells, especially little Sam, for he was a wild-headed, impetuous child of sudden ecstasies that sent him capering and swinging his arms, venting his emotions in a series of leaps and shrieks and somersaults and spasms of laughter as he lay rolling in the grass. 
his tendency to mischief grew with this wide liberty improved health and the encouragement of john quarles good-natured fun-loving slaves the negro quarters beyond the orchard were especially attractive in one cabin lived a bedridden white-headed old woman whom the children visited daily and looked upon with awe for she was said to be a thousand years old and to have talked with moses the negroes believed this the children too of course and that she had lost her health in the desert coming out of egypt the bald spot on her head was caused by fright at seeing pharaoh drowned she also knew how to avert spells and ward off witches which added greatly to her prestige uncle dan'l was a favorite too kind-hearted and dependable while his occasional lockjaw gave him an unusual distinction long afterward he would become nigger jim in the tom sawyer and huckleberry finn tales and so in his gentle guilelessness win immortality and the love of many men certainly this was a heavenly place for a little boy the farm of uncle john quarles and the house was as wonderful as its surroundings it was a two-story double log building with a spacious floor roofed in connecting the two divisions in the summer the table was set in the middle of that shady breezy pavilion and sumptuous meals were served in the lavish southern style brought to the table in vast dishes that left only room for rows of plates around the edge fried chicken roast pig turkeys ducks geese venison just killed squirrels rabbits partridges pheasants prairie chickens the list is too long to be served here if a little boy could not improve on that bill of fare and in that atmosphere his case was hopeless indeed his mother kept him there until the late fall when the chilly evenings made them gather around the wide blazing fireplace sixty years later he wrote of that scene i can see the room yet with perfect clearness i can see all its buildings all its details the family room of the house with a trundle bed in one corner and the spinning wheel in another a wheel whose rising and falling wail heard from a distance was the mournfulest of all sounds to me and made me homesick and low-spirited and filled my atmosphere with the wandering spirits of the dead the vast fireplace piled high with flaming logs from whose ends a sugary sap bubbled out but did not go to waste for we scraped it off and ate it the lazy cat spread out on the rough hearthstones the drowsy dogs braced against the jams blinking my aunt in one chimney corner and my uncle in the other smoking his corn-cob pipe the slick and carpetless oak floor faintly mirroring the flame-tongues and freckled with black indentations where fire-coals had popped out and died a leisurely death half a dozen children 
romping in the background twilight splint-bottom chairs here and there some with rockers a cradle out of service but waiting with confidence one is tempted to dwell on this period to quote prodigally from these vivid memories the thousand-minute impressions which the child's sensitive mind acquired in that long-ago time and would reveal everywhere in his work in the years to come for him it was education of a more valuable and lasting sort than any he would ever acquire from books end of chapter eight the farm read by john greenman